Good morning. God is so good. Isn't he? Can I just say that again? God is so good. And he is so faithful. And today is a day that I promise you this. We'll live in the history books here at Shepherd's Gate. 22nd, 2022 as we are going to celebrate all that God is doing in and through his church and how he continues to keep his hand upon this place and to use this church to be an outreach post to the community and all around the world to share the love of Jesus, to impact the world with the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, go ahead, clap. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're going to stick around after the service. We have so many exciting things planned. Those of you that are watching online, maybe you forgot that today was a special day. And if you're able to do this, that after the service, just get in your car and come here and join all the fun that we're going to be having after the service. Now, if you've been here in the month of May, you know that we've been looking at different miracles of Jesus. And the way that there's kind of a cool thing that happens when we pause long enough and we kind of slow down and we read scriptures intentionally, line by line and verse by verse and even word by word. And even as we're looking at miracles that maybe some of you know because you grew up in church, maybe some of you, you've never heard these miracles before because you didn't grow up in a Christian home or you didn't grow up going to church. And it's always interesting to see that there's always a miracle behind the miracle. Have you noticed that the last few weeks, those of you that have been here? God is always doing so many tiny miracles in and around kind of the centerpiece of the miracle that's recorded in scripture. And today is no different. Today is the, is the finale of this. It's one final miracle that we're going to look at of Jesus. And this is the miracle. This is the only miracle in all of Scripture that's actually recorded in all four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of them saw fit to make sure that they included this. All four of them inspired by the Holy Spirit to make sure that we knew this miracle and how it could speak to our hearts and our lives and this, this verse, this miracle that we're looking at today, it rocked my world. It brought me to my knees. It humbled me over and over and over again. And I'm so excited to be able to share that with you today. We're going to be looking at Luke's account. And Luke, starting in the ninth chapter, beginning in verse 1, says this, that when Jesus called his disciples together, think of this, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. Go tell people about me. Go tell them that I'm the promised Messiah, that I'm here. And they can put their faith and their hope and their trust in me. And oh, by the way, you're gonna have the power to heal the sick. Imagine being one of Jesus' disciples and you've watched him perform miracles. You've watched him cast out demons. You've seen the power that is in him, and you know and believe that he's from God. And now he's going to transfer that and give you the responsibility to, to now go out. And so this is what he says. This is what he, these are the instructions to the disciples. He said to them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money. Not even an extra shirt. How many of you knew that was in there? How many of you know when you go on a mission trip 
that sometimes people overpack for a mission trip. How many, whenever we go on vacation, how many of you have somebody in your family that when they pack, they always overpack? And the airlines love these people. Do they not? Amen? I know this sucker's coming with three suitcases. We're just going to charge 40 for one, 80 for two, and 120 for three because we're going to get lots of money out of this person. And here's the disciples. Imagine having this conversation with Jesus. What do you mean? No money? No food? Just the clothes on our back? Yeah, because you're going to have to be reliant on the people in the villages and the towns that I'm sending you to. More importantly, you're going to have to be reliant on me and trust me. And then I'm going to perform all these little miracles for you guys while you're out performing miracles on my behalf. So listen to this. They send them out and they go village to village, house to house, home to home. They're proclaiming the good news and they're healing people everywhere. All of these incredible things are taking place. And I hope that you're starting to get the, 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 the rhythm and the rhyme of why our, our vision here at Shepherd's Gate is so important. That's what's on our shirts this morning. Everyone, everywhere, everything. I know some of you are having a hard time reading it. And do you know why that is? It's because it's in cursive. Kids, kids, there's this thing called cursive. Back in the 57, I think it's coming back. Is it coming back, parents? All right, thanks be to God. Because there was a season, I, was it Gen Xers or Millennials? Somebody didn't get cursive. God bless them. But it's coming back, and it's coming back here at Shepherd's Gate, because we're always part of what's going on for the future. But this is our vision. We're going to value everyone we meet. We're going to influence everywhere we go. We're going to live generously with everything that we have. And over and over again, that's what scripture calls us to do. That's what our loving heavenly father calls us to do, that we are his representatives on this earth. We are his disciples. And so, of course, as the apostles return, they all circle up and they're all sharing testimonies. And can you imagine being part of that testimony circle of, oh man, you're not going to believe what happened in this village. You're not going to believe what happened in this home. You're not going to believe what happened in this town. Oh, let me tell you about this miracle and this miracle and this miracle. And as these guys are just pouring out their guts and their testimonies to Jesus, who, by the way, already knew what happened, who already knew their stories, and you know when kids are telling you stuff and you just nod because you already know. This is Jesus just looking at his kids, his disciples going, oh man, that's awesome. Oh, you got to see that. Oh, you got to experience that. Oh, the power of God worked through you in that. Oh, that, by the way, that was my power that was in you that was helping you do those things. So he decides to take the disciples and withdraw them by themselves to a town called Bethesda. And the crowds learned about it, and they just simply followed them. They just stalked Jesus and the disciples. They're like, no, 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 you guys stay here. We're going to go on a little bit further. No, no, if you're going that way and you're the Messiah and you're the one that can heal and you're the one that can teach us who God is and draw us close to you and when we're, we can just sense your power and your presence, we're following you wherever you go. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't push them away. He doesn't say, oh man, I've had too much. I'm too tired. He welcomes them. And he continues to teach them. And he continues to place his hands upon them and heal them over, over, and over again. Just as God continues to work through people today in healing, healing body, mind, and most importantly, our spirits, 
calling people to faith, people that have been awakened by the gospel, people that have been awakened by the reality of who Jesus Christ is, what it is that he has done for us on the cross through his death and his resurrection, the power of God in Christ at work in our world and in our lives, amen? Well, listen to this, it's getting late. Someone's always a timekeeper. Just like somebody always overpacks, who's the timekeeper in your family? You got somebody that's always keeping time. Here in this case, we don't know, because again, all the disciples come to Jesus and said, man, it's getting late. I mean, we've done a lot of ministry this weekend, Jesus. I mean, we've touched a lot of lives. It's okay to take a break. It's okay, you know, if we send them away. And they said, we really, you got to send them away. They're not going to listen to us. You got to send them away. They're hungry. They need food. They need lodging. You brought us out to this remote place and everybody's standing in this tall grass. And I don't think they're gonna budge. They're not gonna move until you tell them to move. And as we read this, and we see this interaction, as Jesus is touching and healing and changing hearts and lives, he looks at his disciples and he simply says, You give them something to eat. You figure it out. You ever been in a crisis? You ever been in a situation where you know you're in over your head? Or you get placed in a situation and months later you realize that this is is too overwhelming? I can't do this. God, this is too much for me to bear. This is too much for me to even comprehend. I don't even know what the next steps are. God, I can't do this anymore. I gotta quit. I gotta bow out. And you pray to God on your knees and you're crying out to him and the response from God is, no, no, you can do this. No, I'm with you and my spirit lives inside you. You can figure this out. See, some of you know my story because five years ago, I had the privilege of becoming the lead pastor of Shepherd's Gate. And about three months into this new role, in this new position, I went into crisis mode. And I started to have thoughts of, I'm in over my head. What did I say yes to? Why did the congregation vote me in as their lead pastor? I did not train for this. No one gave me a manual. Lead pastor for dummies, nothing. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden these things start popping up. There was some building issues going on at the time. There, There was some staff dynamics going on at the time. There was all of these challenges and they were coming from all directions. And I remember getting down on my knees and going, God, maybe I made a mistake. Hey, I can still go back to the congregation and say, hey, 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 wait a second. I really appreciate this, but I'm much better at an executive pastor. I'm much better serving in a different role. I'm much better doing something else. Man, this is too, I can't do this. I can't go one more day, one more, I don't even know what to do next. And you read a verse like this, no, no, figure it out. Look around you, see the resources that you have around you. And with these guys, imagine this, they go work the crowd. By the way, there's 5,000 men, not including women and children. And so 
we would think, oh, they probably had wives, which they did, and if every family had two kids, because that's how many kids, you know, the average is now, right? Two and a half kids. They probably had tons of kids. They were not doing the two-kid thing back then, just so you know. So this crowd was in excess of 20, 25, 30, who knows? Some people even say it may have been 40,000 people. And they go and work this crowd, and they come back, and they say to Jesus, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. We only have, look what's in our hands, Jesus. This is all we could find. Why did you drag us out into the country? Why didn't you pick a spot that was closer to a town? And then look at this, how cool this is. Unless we go and buy food for the crowd. I mean, Jesus, we can DoorDash this thing. <laughs> we got food trucks here today. There's three different food trucks, nine food stations after the service. Imagine how many food trucks would have had to show up to feed a crowd in excess of 20 to 25, 30, 40, whatever it was. Thousands and thousands. Who are they going to get the money from? Were the disciples going to pull out their wallets, the 12 of them, and pay for this? Were they going to say, hey, Jesus, remember that little thing that you did when you had to pay taxes and you had Peter, you know, put the fishing pole in and pull it out and there was a coin in the mouth? If you could, like, do that but do it, like, thousands of times over so we have a bunch of money and then we can go buy the food and we can bring it back. I mean, they're trying to problem solve. They're trying to figure this out. And here's the thing. They're bringing what they know to bring to him. They're bringing something to him. And this is what happened in my life that the Holy Spirit began to stir into me that the resources that we have here at Shepherd's Gate were already here. That we have all these high capacity people at Shepherd's Gate that just need a tap on the shoulder, that just need to be asked, hey, would you get involved? Would you serve? Would you be part of helping take our church into the future? And you know, the first call that I made was to a man named Jim Rickard, who spent six months out of the year in Texas, by the way, and I said, hey, Jim, I know you've been at Shepherd's Gate a long time. And I know all three previous lead pastors always would give you special assignments. And so you would be tasked with a special assignment, and then you would move on to something else. And you'd have months off or even years off, and then you'd go do something else. But I have this idea for you, Jim. And I know you're retired. And I know you're enjoying your retirement. But is there any way that you would perfectly consider coming on staff at Shepherd's Gate? Come on, staff. What do you want to come on, staff? Yeah, I want to give you an official title, give you an email address. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. <laughs> and then I want you to take over the operations of our church. I want you to take over this huge chunk and work with some of our staff and supervise staff and help me figure this out and help me figure out, you know, how to move the church forward. And when, you know, he went home and he prayed about it, he talked to his wife Sandy, and he came back and he said, you know what, Tim? I can give you eight hours a week. Isn't that amazing? That's a miracle. Do you know that Jim Rickard has never worked eight hours in a week since he said yes and got a staff position in an email? More crisis came in. Some of you know this. These things called HVAC units, it's what, the reason we have air conditioning in here, started blowing up in our church, and things started falling apart, and new leaks were in the roof, and I began, began to get overwhelmed again, and was like, man, this is just wild. I guess this is just what happens when you're in a building for as long as we've been in the building, and so what is it that we do, and how do we maintain, and do we fix, do we replace, what's the next steps? God, we need your wisdom and guidance. And then I was like, you know what? There's probably people in our congregation that are way smarter than me. 
that probably do this stuff for a living and could actually assess this stuff and figure this stuff out and come up with a game plan to help us tackle all of these issues that keep popping up. And so my next call was a guy, a good friend of mine named Mike Stevens, and I said, Mike Stevens, hey, you work for American Axle. You travel all over the world. They pay you to travel all over the world. You have to be a smart dude. And you go into plants and you do quality control and you do stuff I don't even comprehend. Would you get a team of men together and would you just go and look at the entire facility inside and out and help us put this all on paper and make sense of all of these things that are taking place? And you know what he said? Absolutely. And he got an incredible team of men together and they spent weeks and weeks and weeks developing a plan and having this all laid out so that we could try to figure out how we could move forward. And I still remember when he sat down and he was showing me this elaborate spreadsheet which just warmed my heart, you know this. And it had all these tabs on the bottom, it had all our HVAC units listed, it had all our parking lots, it had all our roofs, everything, anything, our grass, our grounds, everything. And he goes, here Tim, this is what you need to know. That a lot of the HVAC units that we have are about to die. In fact, some of them need to get replaced. Just so you know, two out of the three parking lots are about a year or two away from crumbling and needing to get replaced. I say, you have any more good news for me? Yeah, just so you know, about 90% of the roof that we have here at Shepherd's Gate needs to be replaced. Can I just be honest with you again, church? I again was like, holy cow, what did I sign up for? What are we going to do about it? And slowly but surely, more and more people began to get on board. More and more people began to help us. In fact, I called Brian and Vicki McQuaid because I knew they owned uh, McQuaid Heating and Cooling. And I'm like, hey, we have these HVACs that are blowing up and uh, we don't have the money to cover them. So we're wondering if you would just like fix them and then we can just pay you in the future. Trust me, we'll have the money and we're gonna do it. And I know you love Shepherd's Gate. I know you love Shepherd's Gate and I know you don't want us to not be without air or heat. So would you do that for us? You know what they said? Absolutely. Over and over. Going and finding high capacity people. Going and finding people that were willing to roll up their sleeves and dig in. And you're going to hear even more about that because you're going to meet even more people that have been placed in places of influence and leadership that have gotten us to where we're at today. But let me go back to our text. Look at what Jesus says to his disciples after they bring him the five loaves and two fish. So, you know, they've been standing a long time. Why don't you have them sit down in groups of 50 each? Think of that. See, how do you bite off an elephant? The genius of Jesus. So that's what the disciples did, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gives thanks, and he breaks it, and he gives it to the disciples to distribute to the people. He continued to work through his people. He continued to work through his disciples, group by group, family unit by family unit. All of them. Here's what's remarkable, is that the initial resources for the miracle came from the community. I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't perform the miracle he could have. We looked at that earlier in this series about how if Jesus wants to produce some fish out of nowhere, he'll pr produce some fish out of nowhere. No, he waited for them to find that resource in the community. 
that they would then use that to bring that to him, a little boy's lunch that he would pray and bless and begin to multiply. The miracle of what God has done. Here's the process that we've been on, church. That in February and March of this year, we held 13 focus group meetings, in person and online. And our future campus planning team had been working at that point for the last 12 months, working with an architect firm, coming up with a full campus plan and saying, what is Shepherd's Gate's future? We know we have all these issues. We know we have to fix all these things. We know it's like those of you that own a home and you get to that 30 to 40 year mark and your hot water tank and your furnace and your roof and all these things come due at the same time. We're in that predicament. God, what is it that we could do? How could we move now into the future that you have for us? And all of you that attended and watched online provided such incredible feedback that we ended up with an 82 page report. How many of you, we sent it out via email, how many of you read the 82-page report? Oh, thank you. Look, there are people that read it. Go ahead, raise your hand high and proud. Thank you, the 2% of you that read the 82-page report. Because we, it's our problem. We own it together, and we wanted you to read everyone's comments and what everyone was thinking. And how together as a church, it was pretty much a consensus. Yes, we need to move forward. Yes, we need to take that next step. And since those those focus group meetings, we have gone into the advanced influencers stage. And this is what we've done, is we've gone around to key leaders and influencers in our church. And we said, now that it's been a couple of weeks, now that you've had time to digest this, how are you feeling about this project? How are you feeling about moving forward in faith into the future that God has for us? Here's the initial plans and the the team is taking the feedback of the congregation and they're creating new renderings and new drawings and trying to figure out what the next steps are. And oh, by the way, would you be willing to pledge? Would you be willing to do an advanced pledge and say even though we don't have it completely set yet, even though we don't know exactly all that's going to take place, will you pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him to lead and guide your life? Will you pray and ask your spouse if you're married and your family and make a sacrificial pledge and know and trust that God is leading us in the future? And here today now, we're at our public launch service. Today, May 22nd, 2022, where we're gonna communicate all that God has done in and through the people that we have had conversations with the last several weeks. But before we do that, I want you to see what happens next in our text. It says that they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Did you just get the humor of God in this? I'm not only going to provide, I'm going to blow your mind away. I'm going to do far exceedingly abundantly more than you could even plan for or comprehend because it's at my power that's at work in the situation. And do you know that's been my prayer for this whole process? God, whatever you want for Shepherd's Gate, it's whatever you have for her future. 
And as we've talked to influencers, as we've talked to those that are in leadership positions, those on staff, those on church council, those on the personnel committee, those that serve on the mission team, those that have been part of the planning process to this point, all of these people, influencers in our church, and we keep hearing over and over again, well, one of the things we want to make sure of is that, you know, we don't really want to go into a ton of debt. Does anyone want the church to go into a ton of debt? Wouldn't it be awesome if God performed a miracle in our midst? And the people of Shepherd's Gate gave like never before and humbled themselves like never before and gave sacrificially at a whole different level like never before. And we could just get this thing covered in cash. Wouldn't that be incredible? And do we believe that God can do it? If he can do this with five loaves and two feet, we don't even know, we don't even fully comprehend the possibilities of when the people of God come together and everybody's willing to play their part. Because I can tell you this about this initial group that we met with. One of our initial influencers was a young single mom. And she was invited here to church by a friend. And she went to one of the focus group meetings and she found out about what's going on and she knows you know, the situation that we have with our facility and she said, I wanna be part of that plan. I wanna pledge now toward that plan because I believe in this church and the way that it's impact my life and my child's life. And she said, so over the next five years, I'm pledging $5,000 to the building campaign. Do you know there's another couple that we met with, influencers in the church, empty nesters. They don't have kids in the kids program. They don't have teens in the youth, in the youth program. And we said, would you pray about what it is that God would lay on your heart? And whatever that gift is, whatever that sacrifice is, that, that you would just do something that would push you out of your comfort zone, that would just make it just a little bit uncomfortable, where you're saying, you know what, this is gonna be my pledge, and it's gonna hurt, it's going to cost us to do that. And you know, this couple went home and they prayed about it, and they came back, and they said, we believe in this church, we believe in the mission of this church, we believe that the best days for Shepherd's Gate are still ahead of this church. And they made a pledge for $500,000. Now listen. Young mom, $5,000. Empty nesting couple, $500,000. Are those equal gifts? No. Are they equal sacrifice? Yes. Because in both situations, both of them prayed and asked God to stretch them. And that's what this is about, is asking you, will you pray and ask God to stretch you? Because here's what I know about Shepherd's Gate. Some of you, I know what you're thinking. Man, I tithe faithfully. I have tithe faithfully. I've been part of this church for so many years. Do I really need to do this? Here's the answer. Yes. And you're going to because some have already gone before you and done it. Those that have faithfully given and were saying, yes, would you give more? Would you root some things around? Would you get creative with your budget? Would you be on this path with us to help us figure this out? Some of you, you know that this is going to push you. You've never given to a campaign before. You've never been part of a church. You've never been asked to give to a campaign and this is going to push you, but God is going to be there and his Holy Spirit is gonna lead and guide you. Some of you, you may not be giving at all. And God is going to awaken generosity in your heart. 
And you're going to see what happens when we surrender what it is that he's placed in our hands to him. When we give over what he has given us and we watch as he multiplies it and multiplies it and multiplies it over and over and over again. See, folks, these are the verses that we have used to guide us through this whole process. But just as you excel in everything, in Shepherd's Gate over the 42 years that we've been here, we've accelerated in a lot of things. We've excelled in faith and speech and knowledge and in our love for one another. See that you also excel in the grace of giving. And I believe, oh man, do I believe that this is going to happen. It's going to awaken things in our hearts and our lives. And Paul, who wrote this to the church in Corinth, which was a hot mess at the time, if anybody knows this, I mean, they were just, whoa, tons of stuff going on. And he looked at the congregation and he said, each of you should give. You should give. It's going to take all of us what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. You know how I translate this verse? Don't be a cheapskate but you also don't give out of guilt because God loves a cheerful giver. And that's what we talk about, about awakening generosity in our hearts and in our lives. And when we hand over the resources that God has given us, what it is that he can do in and through us. So this is what I want us to do now. Will you just humor me for a moment? Take your hands and put them together. And look down at your hands. You know what God's placed in your hands. You know the influence that he has blessed you with, the resources that he has given you. And is there an opportunity for you to bring your five loaves and two fish, to bring a portion of what it is that God has blessed you and given you and say, man, I am so excited about the future of this place and watching more souls come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I can be part of this. Kids that are in the room, you can be part of this. Teenagers that are in the room, you can be part of this. Retirees that are in the room, you can be part of this. Young families that are in the room, you can be part of this. What has God placed in your hands? And what is he calling you by the power of the Holy Spirit to sacrificially give and to let go? I want you to watch this video. It's a video from a young family here at Shepherd's Gate. And I know we have many young families, and I know what you're thinking. Man, I have sports bills. I have school bills. I have shoes. You know how many mouths I have to feed? You know what the inflation's going on and all these other things? And I want you to hear from them what it is that the Holy Spirit has stirred in their hearts and in their lives. Let's watch this together. We want to build an infrastructure for generations to come so that other families, those who maybe haven't found God yet, maybe those who have found God but don't have the Good Kids program that we have here or the community outreach and serving that we have here or the worship team and worship center that we have here. So the idea that we're going to be able to personally be involved in helping build that infrastructure for future generations to bring people together to worship the Lord is just something that we're incredibly excited about. Hi, we're the Mastrangelo family. Uh, my name's Adam. I'm Becky, and we have four amazing children. And we've been attending Shepherd's Gate for a little over 10 years now. Yes, we just celebrated our 16th 
wedding anniversary and one thing for us is that giving to the Lord has always been an important value for both of us. I actually uh, vividly remember back in 2008, we were newly married, uh, both had jobs, and when we built our budget, we had what our income was, and then the next item below that on the budget was, was tithing. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was uh, very near and dear to our hearts. And then what we did is for the budget, we would just fill everything else out below that. So tithing was always the second line item on the budget. And I remember during the downturn uh, in 2008, when Becky got laid off from her human resources job, she came home obviously upset. And so first thing we did was start to look at the budget. Now we're from two incomes down to one income. And so when we were looking at the budget, we thought and prayed about it a lot. And she asked me a very compelling question. She said, should we cut our giving? And so it took about three or four days for us to think about it and pray about it. And we decided just to continue to give sacrificially. It was a very difficult decision, but we figured uh, there's no way that we can outgive God. So we challenged ourselves to just keep giving what we were. It was amazing how God worked through it. Just a few days later, we ended up receiving just little miracles along the way. There was a random insurance refund that we had no idea that was coming that was for a few hundred dollars, which mm -hmm. back then was life-changing for us. <laughs> um, and a myriad of other things, including uh, a promotion for me that came shortly thereafter as well. So it was just amazing how uh, us having faith in God and giving sacrificially truly, truly uh, just, I guess, instilled our faith and it was pretty amazing. And keeping that as our number one, which it has always been, and we've held each other accountable to that throughout our marriage, we we did look at our budget and we looked at what other things can we cut. At that time, it was calling the cable company and downgrading cable, downgrading internet, things like that, that it was more important for us to give to God than to have some of those other luxuries. Giving to the Lord has always been an important value for both of us. And as co-chairs of the Faith Forward campaign, you know, we had to challenge ourselves during this whole process as well. We were approached with a specific number that we were asked to give, and it was higher than what we had originally thought and contemplated. We thought and prayed about it, and if we're going to be asking others to give sacrificially, then we need to give sacrificially as well. And to do that, that means it can't be comfortable. Giving comfortably isn't giving sacrificially. So we, in fact, pushed ourselves. We went big, as they say, and it's already been proven to us that you can't outgive God. We trust the Lord and we've always been provided for, like Adam is saying. Walking in trust with the Lord, when we're in obedience to what he's calling us to, we can really trust God to be faithful through that. We're taking the great things that Shepherd's Gate already has and we're just making them better. With the kids program, we feel like there's so many kids out there who don't have a home church that they get excited about like we have here. So the fact that we already have that going for us without really any investment into it, tells us that with some investment, we could just see the kids program exploding. And there's so many things in this world, we've talked about it, that are just vying for our kids' attention. So if we can have that aspect here where it's something that they're excited to come to and it's colorful and it's geared towards kids, that it's just gonna be all the more exciting for them. And so we can grab their attention with God and God's word versus the world grabbing their attention with all of those other distractions. Another thing that we're very excited about is just visualizing a worship center where some visitor for the first time is walking in and being wowed. We want our congregation to feel confident about inviting guests here and what they're going to see and what they're going to experience. And when we have a worship center that's put together properly, it's, it's just really going to be all the more inviting.
really makes me so excited to know where we can take this. And as we're stepping forward in faith as a church together, really expand his kingdom, which is bottom line what it's all about. So this is our family, our children, and our future generation that we're so excited to pave the way for. We understand that this plan that we have at Shepherd's Gate is extraordinary and it's large, which requires extraordinary prayer, extraordinary commitment, and giving sacrificially. And we understand that giving sacrificially is very uncomfortable because by definition, if you're comfortable, then it's not sacrificial giving. We just ask that you join us in that, I guess, mission to pave the way for this generation and generations to come. And if anyone in the congregation wants to pull us aside at any time and hear our story, we'd welcome you to do that. So I'm excited today uh, to once again introduce to you, this has been our future campus planning team, who now it's been 14 months, 12 months for the original designs, and then you took an 82-page report, and for the last couple of months took everyone's opinion and honored everyone's opinion. And so now today when you go out and you see, I was joking, that was a joke. Um, when you go out today and you see, you get to see all the updated renderings. You get to see all of the things that they have been working on. So for 14 months, I know Joe and Al couldn't be here, but they're also on your team as well. Can we give our future campus planning team a huge hand? And over here is our campaign visitation team. And so as I said, these people have been going around to those initial homes, those initial influencers, and saying, hey, how are you feeling about this? Would you be part of this? Would you prayerfully consider making a sacrificial pledge so that we can get this thing off the ground, we can get this thing moving, and make sure that we're all headed in the same direction together? So I'm so thankful for them, time and energy they've already spent. Because here's the next steps. Ready for this? This is where you come in, church. Is that you would be hope, open to a home visit. And the reason that we're doing this and taking the time to do this is because we value each and every one of you. And we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your opinions. We want to be able to share with you what God has laid at our feet and what we believe he's leading us into for the future and that after that visit, they come to your home, they visit with you, that you would just simply pray. That you would prayerfully consider being part of this campaign and what God is calling us into for the future. And then after that, as the Holy Spirit leads you, that you would make a commitment and you would help us fulfill the dream that God has given us. How does that sound? Sounds good, right? Does that sound easy enough, church? So here's where we're at. We've made it to 77 homes. We were trying to get to 100 before May 22nd. You wouldn't believe how busy people are, <laughs> including us, right? We made it to 77 out of 575 homes. 
and 59 pledges have come in out of those 77 visits. Now, the ones that haven't come in, it's because we literally just visited them. There was visits even this, this last weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and so people are praying about uh, what God is laying on their heart and their pledges. And so that's where we are at as a church. That is where we continue to seek God for his direction for our future. So can we give these folks a hand again for all the work they've done? And JJ, our incredible worship arts director, is going to come at this time to give you some instructions about what's going to take place. So we give JJ a hand as he comes. Hi. Everybody getting excited? We're, we're just beginning this day. We're only about half through, and we have this, this neat ex exploration and adventure that's coming up in just a few minutes. So uh, af before we get to that, though, we're going to share one final number with you, and I've got some assistants down here in the front. I'm going to ask them to get ready and get set while uh, we're talking here. Okay. So behind me, you see a map of our current campus. You're going to get a card with this map on it as you leave. You one per family or, you know, if you're an individual or a couple, just make sure you have one. And there are nine food stations, including three food trucks with delicious food at them. It'll be fun to explore. And uh, believe me, if you visit all nine, which I hope you do, you'll, get, you'll be stuffed. It'll be great. Uh, there is a taco truck. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. So, you know, so you got to go find it. Uh, so what, the other thing you'll find at these uh, sites are renderings, fresh renderings of what our future campus uh, may look like. And so we prepared those for you. They're really great looking. You'll want to make sure you see each one. Also at each site will be some of the people you saw up here and others with these t-shirts and lanyards. Those are people you can ask questions. Go ahead, ask a question about the site. If we can answer it, we will. This is our time to explore. Make sure at each site you collect a sticker on your card. If you collect all nine stickers on your card, you turn it in at the places with the star before you leave, and you'll be entered to win some really great prizes. I think it's three prizes. Three people get a, a sizable restaurant gift card. You even get to choose the restaurant you want. So you want to make sure you do that. Uh, a few other things that I need to let you know are the new... Uh, campus plan, the borders of what that building would be are staked outside to the north of our campus. So if you want to visually see what this new campus will look like, you can go out there. I encourage you to do that and just look at where the stakes are and they've got them kind of, you know, together so you can see the outline of this new campus. It's, very, it's, it's really great to get a visual of that. So I'd encourage that. There is seating in the worship center right now. If you're like, I don't want to go to nine sites. I want to find that taco truck and then sit down. Okay, that's fine. You can go to the worship center. We have tables and chairs for you there, and you can relax. The, uh, there's uh, at the green food truck, there are teen activities. So if you're a student today, uh, check those out. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, that's the yellow food truck for the teens. The green food truck over by the cafe is for kids. And here's a special note for families. If you're doing this with all nine stations, save that one for last, please, because when your kids get there, they are not going to leave. It's off the hook incredible. There's all sorts of bounce houses and activities and things, so you're going to want to hit that last. And if you bring your card families with all, nine, all eight stickers and you get the ninth one there, your kids will get an additional free prize just for, just for showing up with your card filled out. Whew! Did I miss anything? <laughs> I think we got it. I think you did. Can we give him a hand? That's All incredible, right. JJ. Man. Had my notes. All right, but we have one final number, right? 
Do you want to hear what's been pledged so far? Would you like to know, 59 families? Yeah, come on. And we thought we'd get some help from our kids. So can we give our kids a hand as they're coming up to share with us? All these incredible kids that are in our kids program. We are so excited today. Remember, we're just getting started. This is only 59 homes out of 575 homes that call Shepherd's Gate home. All right, so the way we're going to do it is we're going to count down from three to one, and the kids are going to unveil what's been pledged so far. Are you guys ready for this? Kids, are you ready for this? That was not very good on their part. Are you guys ready for this? All right, there we go. Ready? Three, two, one. Give it up for Jesus! 608,230 dollars! Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 Tim. JJ, that's not the number you told me. I know, I'm sorry, that's not right. That's not the right number. I, we're missing. So Guys, what happened? Extra, what happened? Are there extra? Oh, here wait, they are. Saying, we're missing kids? Yeah, they're, they're sorry Oh my about gosh. That. Oh, were you guys in the bathroom? Listen, we never miss kids on Sunday morning in our kids' program, okay? It's very safe, secure. We just want to build them an even better place with proper bathrooms. You guys want bathrooms in your kids' area, right? That's what we're hoping for. All right, we got them all now? JJ, we got them all? Kim, we got them all? Is this what we rehearse, practice? You guys are good? All right, Henry, you know where you're supposed to be? Oh, oh, move over. All right, let's try this again. Are you ready, kids? Are you ready, congregation? Yeah. All right, starting with three. Let's do this. Three, two, one. Let's see. Give it up for Jesus. $1,200,368. Now, wait. That was the wrong number again. I'm sorry. That was wrong, too? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so, oh there's I'm more so, kids coming. There's yeah, more there's kids. Yeah, there's one more. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's... This is not good. This is your first time here. Trust me, we don't lose kids. We never lose kids. Just on this special morning. Three's the charm. Three's the biblical number. Th Jesus was in the tomb for how many days? Three. Okay, good. So this is it. The third and final chance, guys. Get this right. Starting with three. Kids, you ready? Congregation, you ready one last time? All right, here we go, nice and loud. Three, two, one, give it up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up, stand to your feet, congregation. Stand on up. $2,603,688. Abs, come on, let's give it up. Let's clap for God. Unbelievable, is it not? Absolutely incredible. I have goosebumps. These kids are awesome. Thank you all for participating. With thanks for hanging in there with us. Receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he look upon you with favor and continue to lead and guide this church with his peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. Go have an incredible experience. Woo, good job.